The Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 130, Sunday, May 3rd, 2009. This is The Paunch Stevenson Show, episode 130. 13 times 10. Paunch luck. Oh, yeah. I'm Rob, you're Greg, and we are almost on our way into Brooklyn in New York City to see Pee-wee's Big Adventure <laughs> on the big screen. Yeah. My there... first time. My first time on the big screen, not my first time. I watching. thought you saw that in the movies. No. Uh, I sir, no. I didn't see it in the movies. I've seen it on TV about 200 times yeah, well, probably and on DVD. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, 1985 um no, I, I don't think I was gonna, <laughs> my parents were going to take me to see that thing. I asked, well, my parents went to see it, I think, in the movie theater, and they didn't take me. Ah. I asked them, and they just, they didn't take me. I don't know, because, well, we were talking about this before we started recording, but before Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Paul Rubens, who plays Pee-wee Herman, yes. uh, it was a live show, and it was more adult, not childish. Yeah, it was the uh, the Groundlings comedy troupe in Los Angeles. They're kind of like the Second City folks from where are they? Toronto, Chicago. Chicago? Right. So they um, they they he actually created it there with Phil Hartman. Yes, of all people, Phil Hartman, Troy McClure, uh, Troy McClure, um, who's dead now? Yeah, Phil Hartman is dead. Yes. Um, and he created it, and with these other people too, you know, the a- adults. And I don't know what happened, but I guess he made the movie. He sold it for a movie, and just said the heck with Phil Hartman, and just cut him out of it. No, Phil Hartman helped him write it. The movie? Yeah. No, he wasn't in it. No, he. Didn't. I don't think he wrote yeah, the movie. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did. And then that was it. And then Pee Wee Herman became this children's thing. Yeah, like a, a children's show. I don't know how that happened. But. And then there was the incident in the bathroom in, of the movie theater, and then that was uh, the end of him. Uh, yeah. But actually, first it was Big Top Pee Wee, which was <laughs> the end of him. That was, that was truly the end of him. Well, he was still popular with the Saturday morning show. Yeah, the Playhouse. Yeah, but that Big Top Pee Wee, oh my God. I remember I loved Pee Wee's Big Adventure so much. It's, it's like I said. It's one of my favorite movies, yeah. and I watched it constantly at home. And then a few years later, Big Top Pee Wee came out, and I didn't see that in the movie theater. But I remember my parents rented it one time, uh, brought it home, and we were watching it. And I, I just turned it off halfway <laughs> through because I just didn't care. Oh, uh, it's it's. How do you go from moment. making one of the best movies of all time to making one of the worst? I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. Because it, it, it had nothing of that, like, psychotic craziness of, of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. That's true. I, I, they needed Phil Hartman to write that. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. It was... It was it's, it's weird. It's weird because based on when I used to watch Saturday Night Live with Phil Hartman and, and David Spade, Dana Carvey, all those guys, back then, you know, 15... 17 years ago, whatever it was, um, 
he was okay. You know, I didn't really think he was that great on, on Saturday Night Live. Come on. He but, was like the best guy on the show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He did like nine million characters. I liked Dana Carvey better. No, Dana Carvey and and uh, Chris Farley. Well, Chris Farley was funny, but Phil no Phil Hartman was better than him. But but anyway, but seeing his skits on Saturday Night Live, I'm like, eh, he's kind of funny, you know. But then when I found out that he wrote um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I was like, I had no idea he was like. Capable of doing that psychotic type of humor, yeah. right? I I didn't know that was his style. Well, I I told you I, I saw this movie uh, a couple of days ago. It's from like the 1991, and Michael J. Fox, Kirk Douglas, Ed Begley, ah. uh, and Phil Hartman. And uh, I forget the name of it. It's like it's like greedy or something like that, or greed. I I forget, but. I'll look it up. Phil Hartman in the movie was like this really like psychotic, nasty guy. It was just hilarious. I remember him in Small Soldiers. Yeah. Which I, I like that movie. I've got a lot of uh, uh, damage, emotional damage, audio-visual components. And, <laughs> and Dennis Leary writes him a check. Yeah, this will do. Yeah, Dennis Leary. Yeah, there, there were a lot of big people in that. Small soldiers. Yeah, Phil Hartman, Dennis Leary, David Cross. Yeah. Um, who was the woman? Oh, Where Kirsten was... Dunst. Yeah, yeah. The girl in there. Yeah. And uh, the guy from the uh, the Gremlins. The guy from the, the old guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, he, he was the truck driver. Yeah. All right, I'm looking up. I guess I'll look up Michael J. Fox. No. Uh, Michael J. Fox, Soundman. No. I know. Sound man. There's a Michael J. Fox sound man. Oh. <laughs> Doing this on the iPhone 3G. And you're taking forever. It's not me. What? Just... <clears throat> Alright. Michael J. Fox filmography. What year did you say? I don't know. 1991? 92? Um, casualties of War? No. Uh, Secret of My Success. No, come on. It's after that. The Hard Way. No. Doc Hollywood. No. Homeward Bound. No. Life with Mickey. No, definitely not. What is that? Oh, it's awful. Just keep going. Uh, <laughs> for the love, for love or money. Yes, that's it. Or Greedy. Oh, wait a minute. I think it is Greedy. Yeah, I was right. Greedy. Greedy. Don't dream. He's done a lot of stuff I've never heard of. Mm. Let's see. Greedy. 1994. Wow. Is that late? And uh, let's see. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Kirk Douglas. Um, Nancy Travis. Whoever that is. Phil Hartman. Ed Begley Jr. Nancy Bob Travis. Bob Balaban. From uh, So I Married an Next Murderer. Uh Cool. Never heard of it. You've never heard of Saw so Axe <laughs> Max Murder? No, Greedy. Oh. Welcome to the Paunch Stevenson Show. Yes, so uh, I, uh, I have a new favorite beer. Not that I'm a big beer drinker. Yeah. I was... Root beer? No. 
Beer, Birch beer. beer? No. Um, I, I had been uh, privy to, um, preferential to Budweiser for quite a while. But uh, now I think I'm going to Coors Light. Oh, and yeah. the reason is they have a new commercial where the voice work is done by Peter Cullen. Oh, yeah. It's like, the new uh, Coors Light cold activated can. Or something like that. Megatron? Yeah. I've, I've hidden the Matrix in the Coors Light cold activated can. Bumblebee, get me a Coors Light. Autobots, brood Radio. high in the Rocky Mountains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that slogan used to be for Coors Light. I think that now that... Was that guy's name Don LaFontaine? Yeah. I think now that he's dead, the movie trailer voice guy, I think Peter Collins a good replacement. They don't, I don't, they don't hire him for it. Oh no! No, very, very rarely have I ever heard him do that stuff. Hmm. I think he would be a good replacement. Or Vic Caroli. I know. Well, they have the similar that similar raspy, deep voice. <laughs> well, Vic Caroli is that. Yeah, on the last episode, it's almost like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> yeah, the Autobots. Yeah, he was good. Well, he's, he's still around. Yeah, well, spe- he's probably 90. Speaking of uh, Transformers, uh, you know, the, the Transformers 2 is a few months away. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, well, when does it come out? July? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so two months. Uh, well, um, there's actually some good news. Uh, Frank Welker has a role in it. Really? Yes, they actually got Frank Welker this time. Really? Yes. As Megatron? No. Soundwave. He was original Soundwave. I know, but who cares? <laughs> Soundwave's voice is synthesized. I know. Well, uh, why not for Megatron? I don't know. Come on, who's Megatron? He's the Weaver? same guy, I guess. If uh, he even talks, they were actually considering calling him Galvatron. <laughs> you know, because he comes back from the dead. Or oh, God. stop it. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't even think I'm going to see part two. We're going to have to go and see it. Just to, <laughs> there's going to be all these people like all yeah, excited. Yeah, but giving Michael Bay money. Well, there'll be all these people all excited in the theater. And <laughs> the two of us will be there like screaming. cursing it, screaming. Oh, man. He's screaming like, no, actually, do not do that. So speaking of Transformers, one of our big fans, Esteban, yeah. regular listener... Um, his website is please save me robots.blogspot.com. So he wrote an email to us recently, and it says, let me pull it up here. Hey guys, I just found out some amazingly retarded info about a candy tie in promotion for the next Transformers movie. Mm. There's going to be a Snickers candy bar called the Nougabot Bar with yellow nougat. (laughs) The Bumblebee robot from the new Transformers movie will be on the package. It's due for a May release according to a candy ordering website. I'm trying to figure out what part of Bumblebee the nougat bots come out of. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What? Why would there be a Snickers... 
Transformers Bumblebee candy bar. Because they have to merchandise everything. But what does one have to do with the other? It doesn't. They don't care. And aren't the toys enough? I don't, I don't know. They're just... They have to merchandise. Whatever. I'm not going to buy it. No. Uh, all right. Real quick, I saw a commercial the other day, a movie coming out this month, May 2009. You know how we talk about those spoof parody movies, like superhero movie. Date movie, date epic movie, movie. Yeah, epic movie, et cetera, et cetera. Horrible. Lousy movie, that should be the next one. No, the next one, I just saw the commercial the other day. Dance flick. Ah. And it's a spoof of all the dance movies that have come out the last few years. <laughs> Oh, they're they're running out of ideas now. They just will not stop. I don't see how these people keep getting money to make <laughs> these movies. I don't know. Um, I you know we talk about the movie theater that's very close to where I live, the historic Lowe's Jersey Theater. Yeah, from 1929, the Volunteers restored it. Really cool theater. We saw The Man with the Golden Gun there and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. So this past weekend, I saw two old movies there. One was a movie I'd never heard of, but I was I just saw the marquee and I said, hey, $7, old classic movie, I'll go in. And it was called The Lion in Winter mm. from 1968. <laughs> no. Never heard of it. Stars Peter O'Toole, Catherine Hepburn, oh. uh, Anthony Hopkins. Catherine Hepburn, I cannot stand her. <laughs> I'm not really. Hey, it's me, Catherine Hepburn. Who used to do the impression of her? Was that Martin Short? Is it always an impression know, of her? Catherine Hepburn. That's what she I'm not even, like. I'm not familiar with her, but. Uh, you saw the movie. She, I know, she sounded I, like? that's the only thing I've ever seen, but. So Peter O'Toole, Catherine Hepburn, Anthony Hopkins, kind of young, and a young uh, Timothy Dalton, who Itch. played James Bond. Yes. And it was a British movie. It took place in medieval times. And I figured, okay, there'll be battles or there'll be sword fighting or something, right? Yeah. It was basically two hours of this family arguing oh, with each other. God. I can't even imagine Catherine Hepburn, <laughs> Peter Altoo. You don't know what's going on in this house. Oh, I absolutely know what's going on in this house. <laughs> he was in uh, King Ralph. He was? Yes, he was the butler uh, guy. But really? Yeah, was the, whatever, the, the advisor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's me, your majesty. Oh. Wow. Terrible. To quote Starscream... <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. When did he say that? <laughs> Didn't he say that in the movie? Oh, well, uh, maybe. When Megatron yeah. was dying. Oh. How the mighty <laughs> have fallen! Oh, Megatron! Uh, anyway, it, it was a decent movie. The visuals were actually very good. Yeah. The, the castles, the backdrops, the clothing, everything looked very realistic. I didn't feel like I was sitting there watching a recreation of the medieval times. I felt like this is medieval times. You know, like when I saw Lord of the Rings Part 3, I felt like, uh, you know, 
the costumes are just a little too clean. It's a little too perfect. And the backdrop, you know. It was like I'm watching a movie of medieval times. With this, The Lion in Winter, it was very authentic. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. It was okay. But then the next day, on, on Sunday, I saw uh, 1959, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh, yeah. Which now, now, last year we saw the remake with Brendan Fraser. Oh, boy. And after I saw this original version the other night, I thought about it and I said, you know, I don't remember what happened in the remake. <laughs> I remember Brendan Fraser. I remember there was a boy. Yeah, well, they, they were I remember looking Brendan for the brother. spitting in the sink. They were looking for Brendan Fraser's brother, the character's brother, the boy's oh, yeah. father. They they fell into a volcano mountain or something or other. Right. Fell down into there, wound up in this stupid place, dinosaurs chasing them the whole nine yards, and yeah. they escape. Was the there end. a woman with them? Yes. I don't even re- Who was the woman? She was like some rock climber that they found. Some beautiful rock the climber. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Shows you how good the movie was. But this movie, I was expecting it to be very cheesy, very corny. It starred Pat Boone, um, the singer, and and I guess actor, and uh, some some other British guy, and uh, some other... The the woman in the movie was actually there at the theater and, and did an interview afterwards. It was really cool, but... So I was expecting the visuals to be really corny and bad and dated and the special effects. I have to say it was actually very good. The visuals were very, very good. The backdrops, the, the, the sculptures, the scenery, it was very, very good. And I thought it held up really well. No, other than it's black and white. No, it was color. Oh, I thought it was black and white. No. Yeah. No, it was in color. Um... I thought it was way better than the remake. Um, yeah, the characters were really... It, it was a very good movie. So if you have Netflix, if you go to Blockbuster, if you want to check out a really good old sci-fi movie, I recommend Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh, well, uh, just real quick. You know, I, I posted the Regis Philbin on Sh- as Shrek on Letterman. I don't know if you saw that video. Regis! Regis! He spent like six, five hours or something in makeup. They made it into this gigantic th- th- Shrek thing. He comes out on Letterman. He can barely move. <laughs> and then Letterman's like laughing at him. He's like, oh, okay, let's uh, get out of here. He's like, wait a minute. You'll make me come out here for two minutes and throw me out? Well, I was told that um, because Lauren was uh, on the on late night with a late show with David Letterman yeah. Thursday night. Yeah. In the cast of Hair, the Broadway cast of Hair. And she said that at, at that night, Regis was the guest. Yes. No, well, he was just there as... He wasn't one of the planned guests. No, but Thursday, he was the guest. Oh. The whole show. Oh. Except for the cast of Hair at the end. But she said that... But he wasn't Shrek? No. <laughs> oh, that was another... That was before then. So she said that the producers warned them, the cast of Hair, that, you know, look, sometimes David Letterman's in a very funny, happy mood. Sometimes he's in a very grouchy, bad mood. 
what so is just, it with this guy? Don't is, do anything what, to like upset him or what, or trigger him. What is he like? A, is a psychopath? <laughs> Evidently, so, like don't do any, don't make any sudden movements or don't like don't touch him or anything. You don't want to set him off. <laughs> what? <laughs> so. So and then and then uh, Regis came out like during the commercial or whatever and he was talking to them and he said, "Yeah, yesterday I got all dressed up as Shrek yeah. for the for the Broadway musical across the street. So I figured while I was all dressed up like Shrek, I'd go across and see my good friend Dave. Yeah, but he must have been in one of his bad moods, and the producers walked me in and I was just standing there and he ignored me." <laughs> I was just standing there. He ignored me, and then after ten minutes, he told me to leave. He ignored Regis. <laughs> so I guess he was in the bad mood Wednesday night. Well, Regis is coming back in August, uh, as I wrote, to do a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Really? No For more two weeks. No more ah, uh, just two weeks. weeks. Cool. I'll have to watch. Me and Annie. You know, for so how old is he? Seventy six. Pretty old. 70-something. Late 70s. He has a lot of energy. Yes. Rinkus. He's very, uh, he's very with it. Very energetic. That's really cool. Oh, the other... <laughs> you know how we talk about when we were in, uh, elementary school sometimes? or We used to talk about that. Do you remember these stupid, pointless fundraisers we would do every year? Of course. We would have to sell boxes of candy yeah. bars. So in kindergarten, it's the first time I did this, the first time I was in school, we didn't sell candy bars. We sold sun catchers. The heck is that? Those little stained glass things that you, with the suction cup, you put them oh, on the window. Oh, yeah, we sold them too. That was in kindergarten. We sold sun catchers. Then first grade, second grade, third grade, all the way up until... High school, we sold candy bars. Yeah, I remember. I think it was, I think it was sixth grade, fifth grade or sixth grade. We got the the fundraiser information. I was looking at the piece of paper that had the the prizes on it. it was like, if you sell one box, you get a, a plastic spider ring. If you sell two boxes, you get a pencil. If you sell three boxes, you get. And I think one of them was like, if you sell 12 boxes, you get a car phone. Mm. <laughs> car phone. And I was like, I, I want a car phone, right? <laughs> I'm selling 12 boxes of these stupid things. So I went door to door, everyone on the street. My father took boxes to work. My mother took boxes to work. Eventually, we sold 12 boxes. So we got the form... I checked off which prize I wanted. Do you want the skateboard? Do you want the the sticker book? Do you want the, no? I want the car phone. I checked off car phone. Then, of course, four months later, yeah. like every month, we keep asking the teacher, "Did the prizes come yet?" No, next month. The next month, did the prizes come yet? Come yet? No, next month. Wait, next what month. year was this? I think it was sixth grade. There were car phones then. It might have been fifth. I know the late nineteen eighties. 1988, 1989, 1990. So, finally the prizes came. And we had to go down to the office and pick up the prizes. 
So I was all excited. Oh, man, I'm going to get the car phone. Now, I'm, I'm 11 years old, 12 years old. Going to get the car phone. It's going to be so awesome. My parents will be driving around. I can call people. So I get down to the office. They're giving out the prizes. Uh, they call me, Rob, here's your prize. So I get the box. And I look at it. And the paunch luck. Uh-oh. Even back then. Paunch luck. It was a car phone. Yes. It was a phone in the shape of a car. Ah, <laughs> Those idiots. Literal. Too literal for you. Didn't you look at the picture? They didn't have pictures on the form. It just said skateboard, yeah, but they sticker used, book, car uh, phone. Yeah, but the, the, the teacher used to have like one brochure that actually had the pictures of them. You didn't she look didn't at show it? it to us. No, oh, you're stupid. She didn't show it to us. Well, <laughs> Unbelievable. Car. Actually, you're better off because if it was a car phone, what were you going to do with that? Have you ever seen what a car phone looked like Call back people. then? people. I don't know. I don't know. It has to be installed in the car. You have to pay a cellular rate, which back then was like $600. I was 11 years old. I saw car phone and I thought, know. cool, oh, car whatever. phone. I didn't think about those things. Oh, well. <laughs> Should have picked a skateboard. What was I going to do with that? Break my spinal cord? Oh, uh, boy. Oh, our good friend Joe... At the digital press video game store ah. that we go to uh, you know, a couple times a month. His store was recently used in a Capital One credit card TV commercial. Yes, MTV card or something. Yeah. So if you, our listeners, are ever watch MTV, I don't. No. But if you ever watch MTV and you see um, like a... I don't know. You see a video game store in the commercial. That's the store we go to. Yeah. It's in Clifton, New Jersey. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was. I don't have a Capital One credit card, no. but it's whatever. No. What's in my wallet? Not much. Uh, a driver's license, a Metro card. Nobody cares what's in your wallet. <laughs> Come on. You asked. I, um... Oh, yeah. uh, the other news for me is that we switched to Fios. Oh, yes. Switched to Fios. Verizon. Yes, Verizon Fios. At your house. Yes. So. I still am stuck with Comcast. Yeah, still stuck with Comcast. I would say that the biggest difference. <clears throat> now, I haven't gotten the first bill yet, so I don't know what this going to cost. <laughs> but. The well, biggest, you, said, you said it's supposed to be comparable. Yeah, it'd probably be. I don't know. Maybe not the first bill, but five or six, seven, eight dollars more. Comcast, I guess. But in any case, um, the first thing I really noticed is that definitely the uh, the the standard definition quality is much better on an HD TV. Well, yeah, on the HD, or not on any, TV. yeah, on any of the TVs. But the other thing is that they have so many of the HD channels, you know, really going to the S the standard def that much. Uh -huh. There's not that many channels that don't have an HD. There's some, but... Um, so what do you watch on your regular TV? The HD channels? Um, you know what? On a, on a regular television... I have like a 27-inch uh, in my room. Or is that 25? What's that one? 27. Yeah, it's 27. Um, 
Honestly, you really don't see the di there's no difference between the HD channel and the regular channel. Um, because if it's like a sporting event or something, in reality, they're just taking the HD feed even on their SD feed. You know, they're taking, it's HD cameras shooting it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a big, it's not a real big difference on a regular channel. The only positive is that if you get the, the HD box, which I have, H, I have three HD boxes on the regular TVs, there are channels that are only HD. Oh, you know, yeah. There's like a dozen or something like that. So you get those anyway. So it's a bit of a advantage with that. The other thing is the guide is much better. It, it moves really fast. It's, you know, the Comcast guy is really lousy. And Yeah. What about the on-demand? How's yeah, that? It's not as good. With the freeze, they don't have. But I don't. I but never is it, use is it. it. Pretty quick and snappy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quick, but they is don't the, have a lot of stuff in it. So I, I don't. I don't even. I didn't even use it before. Yeah, but um, you know, the internet it doesn't seem like it's that much faster. Oh, but you're using an old computer. Yeah. But you said it's uh, what is it? Twenty down, five up. Five of yeah, so twenty megabits per second down, five megabits per second up. Yeah, and like the Comcast, I rated the Comcast before I switched the other day, and it was like fifteen or sixteen down, five up. But in, yeah, that's a trick. I though. know it's it's that speed boost thing, and you're not really getting that all the time. And yeah, whatever. No, because I I have the Comcast cable modem too, and the the sustained speed. Is um is five megabits per second down, one megabit per second up, which mm. is which is usually fine. I have you know browsing the internet I have no problems. It's just when I upload the podcast or video file files or things like that, yeah, then I wish I had the the faster upload speed. Um but five down, one up for ninety nine percent of the population would be totally fine. Yeah. 20 down, 5 up is like, <laughs> I can't even imagine what that's what, like. What's the data rate on a DVD movie? Oh, um, I know it's only two, MPEG 2. Uh, megabytes per second or something. That's like it? That. Or may, um, maybe up to 4? I don't know. No, I'm just saying, let, let's say... Something like that. Well, No, I'm just saying like... Um, you know, if you were downloading a movie or something like that or anything like that. Is that like your that, car? No. no. Okay. No, I don't have one. Anything like that, then, you know, it's fast enough. It's, it, like, if you were watching something in HD, it's essentially, you know, you have enough speed to, to watch it in real time. Right. That's all. Yeah, 20 megabits per second down is... That's what I was fast. To say. I had one more thing, and now I can't remember what it was. But you know, in Japan, and in some other countries, in Japan, like, 50 megabits per second down is, like, it's, like, standard. <laughs> That's just, like, an everyday normal thing. And, and over here, it's like, ooh, you have 20 down? Wow! That's, that's like, futuristic. Wow. And then Japan, it's like, oh... <laughs> You only get twenty down with that, that. That poor homeless guy over there gets fifty. Yeah, but then there's like <laughs> places in Europe where they barely even have DSL speed. Yeah, that's well, places in America where no. people can only get dial up. 
Yeah, because that's all. I that's feel been bad run. for those people. There's place. There's not very far from here. There's places in New Jersey where you have, if you want high speed internet, you have to pay the cable company, whoever it is, to come and do a site survey and run the lines and everything because they they haven't run the fiber. Yeah, but or they could, instead of running a line, they could call up a company like AT and T and get the satellite service. Wi-Fi. Oh well. And then AT, you know, you just go to the AT&T store, you buy the little USB adapter, and then it gets the 3G high-speed connection. Yeah. It's not as good as a cable modem, but it's pff, 50 times better than a, a dial-up. Yeah. I don't know how people... you With the way websites are today, with all the flash and graphics and everything, how do people use dial-up? They can't. Just to sign into Yahoo email would take 10 minutes. I would assume they're using DSL. I can't be using dial-up. There are many, many people still using dial-up. Oh, that's insane. In the United States. Not me. No. <laughs> I'd rather have no internet. I would really rather have no internet than use dial-up. It's torture. No, that's, that's insane. For me. I... DVD. I'm just curious what the... Uh, I'm gonna go. I know. Gotta get show on the road! DVD video. I think you're right. I think it's like four. It depends on the... How much is stored on the DVD, too. If there's all these extras, then they compress the video even more. That's why like video files don't like it when they put all the extras on the same disc as the movie. Because they want the movie to be the oh, highest no. bitrate possible. God. Um, professionally encoded videos average a bitrate of 4 to 5 megabits per second. With a maximum of 7 or 8 megabits per second in high action scenes. So typically between 4 to 8. Mm. On, a, on a DVD movie yeah. that you buy at the store. Uh, Columbia TriStar Home Entertainment has created a line of DVDs dubbed Superbit, aiming to maximize picture quality by eliminating multiple languages, multiple camera angles, and multiple audio tracks. This allows the average bit rate to be 6 megabits per second mm. instead of 5. So you get a little bit better, uh, slightly clearer picture. Yeah. Then, of course, Blu-ray. It's, no. You know, that's uh, that's got to be, what, like 30? Blu-ray. And then they're coming out with something even bigger than Blu-ray, so. Really? Yeah, the hologram. I told the hologram. Oh, that now. <laughs> Somebody's working on it. Um, no, there's Sony or... I don't know if it's Sony or some company is working on Blu-ray discs that are not just single layer, not just double layer, quadruple layer, up to 10 layers. Mm. So now they can store up to 200 gigabytes instead of 40, 50 gigabytes. Right. Well, this thing they're talking about is 500 gigabytes. Wow. The hologram. I could buy a terabyte hard... Why don't they just release a movie on a hard drive? <laughs> That's a little more expensive. 
Than a hologram? Yeah, yeah. A hard drive is more expensive than a hologram. To produce? Yes. What? What are you talking about? It's a disc. Wait a minute. If holograms are cheaper to... It's not a hologram. It's a holographic disc. I know. What does that mean? I don't know. We've discussed (laughs) this before. We still don't know what the heck it means, if it's possible. We don't know. That's it. All right? All right, we're we're off to see Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Like a, is a psychopath? <laughs> that big top peewee. Oh my god. I've hidden the matrix in the Coors Light cold activated can. <laughs>